Welcome to Zichud Asim. My name is Rabbi Avram Golda, and today we're Masechus Psachim, Daf Mem Zayin. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, on Daf Mem Vav Amabes, where Chista said, "Midaraisa Tzorchei Shabbos Natsmi Yontav." Midaraisa Shabbos needs may be prepared on Yontav, and it was the Rabban who made a gazer against it, lest people say they may beg for Yontav even for Chol. This is why they required in the Arab Tavshin to be a hacker to remind people that cooking on Yontav for after Yontav is only permitted for Shabbos. Rabbi challenged Rabbi Chisim from a Mishnah in Menachos that states that the Lechem Panim is eaten on the 9th, 10th, or 11th day after it's baked. Now, it's typically eaten on the 9th day since it's baked Erev Shabbos and eaten the following Shabbos. If a Yantav falls on Erev Shabbos, it's eaten on the 10th day. Now, on this, Rabbi asked Rabbi Chisim that if the rites at Tzarchei Shabbos are done in Yantav, and it's only prohibited with the Rabbanim, why does the baking of the Lechem Panim not override the prohibitions of Yantav? As we have a rule that the injunctions of the Rabbanim, Ashvus, do not apply in the base of Mikdash. Rav Chisda answered, Shvus krova hitiru, shvus hitiru. They permitted a shvus for an immediate purpose, but they didn't permit it for a distant purpose, meaning for the eating of the Lechem Apanim on the subsequent Shabbos. Rav Chisda points out that Rav Mishmangamliot disagrees with the town of this price and holds that shvus rochokel nami hitiru, a shvus is permitted for a distant purpose as well. Point number two, Rav Mari challenged Rav Chisda from the first part of the Mishnah Menachos that teaches, Shtei Alechem the Shteel Lechem, which are offered on Shavuos, are eaten not less than two days after they're baked. This means that if they're baked Erev Shavuos, which is a typical case, they're eaten on the second day. The Ramari asked that if Tzarchi Shabbos may be prepared on Yantav, the Yomtav Yomtav Miboy, is there any question that one's permitted to prepare for the needs of Yantav on that very Yantav? Yet the Mishnah teaches they must be baked the day before. So the Gemara answers that the Lach is different there. Because the pasuk regarding preparing food in Yantav says, for you, which teaches that you may prepare food on Yantav only for yourselves, but not for Gavoah, meaning the offerings. According to Rabbi Shimon Gamli, who said in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Haskan, that baking on the Shea Lechem does override Yantav, the word Lechem is coming to exclude preparing on Yantav for Nachrim. And point number three, as part of his defense of the principle of Hoyo, Rabbi interprets that one of the multiple prohibitions listed in the brights that one would incur Malkas for it, is for moving muksa wood. Abayas Rabbah, if he indeed holds muksa as a derisa, and Rabbah answers that he does, based on the Pasuk, On the sixth day they shall prepare what they bring. And its prohibition is from the Pasuk, You shall not do any molacha. Rabbah understands that the Pasuk referring to preparation cannot be referring to cooking and baking, since the Torah states elsewhere that they should cook or bake the man. Rather, the Pasuk commands the people to prepare the man by declaring they'll use it on Shabbos, for otherwise it'll be forbidden for use as muksa. Abai goes on to challenge Rabbah. So once again, the three points are, number one, Adat Memvav Amabes, Rav Chista said, Midaraisa Tzorchei Shabbos Natsmi Yontav. Midaraisa Shabbos needs may be prepared on Yontav. And it was the Rabban who made a gazer against it, lest people say they may beg for Yontav even for Chol. This is why they required in the Arab Tavshin to be a hacker to remind people that cooking on Yontav for after Yontav is only permitted for Shabbos. Rabbi challenged Rabbi Chisim from a Mishnah in Menachos that states that the Lechem Panim is eaten on the 9th, 10th, or 11th day after it's baked. Now, it's typically eaten on the 9th day since it's baked Erev Shabbos and eaten the following Shabbos. If a Yantav falls on Erev Shabbos, it's eaten on the 10th day. Now, on this, Rabbi asked Rabbi Chisim that if the rites at Tzarchei Shabbos are done in Yantav, and it's only prohibited with the Rabbanim, why does the baking of Lechem Panim not override the prohibitions of Yantav? As we have a rule that the injunctions of the Rabbanim, Ashvus, do not apply in the base of Mikdash. Rav Chisne answered, Shvus krova hitiru, shvus rochokal hitiru. They permitted a shvus for an immediate purpose, 
but they didn't permit it for a distant purpose, meaning for the eating of the Lechem Apanim on the subsequent Shabbos. Rabbi Chizda points out that Rabbi Shimon Gamliel disagrees with the town of this Bryce and holds that Shrus Rechok and Nami Tira Ashvus is permitted for a distant purpose as well. Point number two, Rabbi Mari challenged Rabbi Chizda from the first part of the Mishnah Menachos that teaches Shtei Alechem Einen Echolos Lopachos Mishnahim. The Shtei Alechem, which are offered on Shvus, are eaten not less than two days after they're baked. This means that if they're baked Erev Shavuos, which is a typical case, they're eaten on the second day. The Ramari asked that if Sarchi Shabbos may be prepared on Yantiv, the Yomtiv Yomtiv Miboy, is there any question that one's permitted to prepare for the needs of Yantiv on that very Yantiv? Yet the Mishnah teaches they must be baked the day before. So the Gemara answers that Allah is different there. The Amrakrat Lachem, Lachem Because the Pasu regarding preparing food in Yantiv says, for you, which teaches that you may prepare food on Yantiv only for yourselves, but not for Gavoa, meaning the offerings. According to Rabbi Shimon Gamli, who said in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Haskan, that baking on the Shei Alechem does override Yantiv, the word Lechem is coming to exclude preparing on Yantiv for Nachrim. And point number three, as part of his defense of the principle of Hoyo, Rabbi interprets that one of the multiple prohibitions listed in the brights that one would incur Malkas for is for moving Muxa wood. Abai asks Rabbi if he indeed holds Muxa as a derice, and Rabbi answers that he does, based on the yaviu. On the sixth day they shall prepare what they bring. And its prohibition is from the Pasuk Osasa Komolacha, you shall not do any malacha. Rabbi understands that the Pasuk referring to preparation cannot be referring to cooking and baking, since the Torah states elsewhere that they should cook or bake the man. Rather, the Pasuk commands the people to prepare the man by declaring they'll use it on Shabbos, for otherwise it will be forbidden for use as muksa. Abai goes on to challenge Rabbi. All right, so now we go to our simon for Daf Mem Zayin, and our standard simon is a maze. A maze. So here goes. After baking the lechem upon him Erev Yantav for a Yantav that falls in Erev Shabbos, the Kanim were given ten days in the maze before it was eaten. To find the Shtei lechem not made for them, resting on top of Daraisa Muksa wood. Once again, in slow motion. After baking the lechem upon him Erev Yantav for a Yantav that falls in Erev Shabbos, the Kanim were given ten days in the maze. Maze? That must be more on Duff. Mem Zion. After baking the lechem upon him Erev Yantav for a Yantav that falls on Erev Shabbos, the Kohanim were given ten days in the maze before it was eaten, which reminds us, Rabbi asked Rabbi Chisa that if Midr writes that Tzarchi Shabbos are done in Yantav, and it's only prohibited Midr why does the bacon the Lechem upon him need to occur Erev Yantav if a Yantav falls in Erev Shabbos? Why doesn't it override the prohibitions of Yantav? As we have a rule that the injunction of the Rabbanan, Ashvus, does not apply in the base of Migdash. Rabbi Chisa answered, Shvus Krova, Hitiru, Shvus they permitted a shvus for an immediate purpose, but they didn't permit it for a distant purpose, meaning for the eating of the lechampani on the subsequent Shabbos. Rav Chista points out that Rav Gamliel disagrees with the Tana of the Brisa and holds shvus for chokanami itiru. A shvus is permitted for a distant purpose as well. So after baking the lechampani erv yantav for a yantav that falls in erv Shabbos, the Kohanim were given ten days in the maze before it was eaten to find the shtei lechem not made for them, which reminds us Rav Mari challenged Rav Chista from the first part of the Mishnah that teaches that the Shtei Lechem, which are offered on Shavuos, are baked Erev Shavuos. Rav Mari asks that if Tzarchi Shabbos may be prepared on Yantiv, the Yomtiv the Yomtiv Mabai, is there any question that one is permitted to prepare for the needs of Yantiv on that very Yantiv? Yet the Mishnah teaches they must be baked the day before. So the Gemara answers that the Lach is different there, lechem, lechem, because the puzzle regarding preparing for the Yantiv says, for you, which teaches that you may prepare food on Yantiv only for yourselves, but not for Hashem, meaning the offerings. According to Rabbi Shimon Gamli, who said in the name of Rabbi Shimon Asgad, the baking of the Shteachem does override Yantav, the word of Chem is coming to exclude preparing on Yantav for Nachrim. So after baking the Lechem upon the Erev Yantav, for Yantav falls on Erev Shabbos, the Gohanim were given ten days in the maze before it was eaten 
to find the Shtei not made for them, resting on top of Daraisa, Muksa wood. Which reminds us, the Rabba holds that Muksa is a Daraisa based on the Pasuk Vayabi Yomashishi, the Echinu Yaviu. On the sixth day, they shall prepare what they bring, and its prohibitions from the Pasuk Vayasasa you shall not do any Molach. Rabba understands that the Pasuk referring to preparation cannot be referring to cooking and baking, since the Torah states elsewhere that they should cook or bake the man. Rather, the Pasuk commands the people to prepare the man by declaring they'll use it on Shabbos. For otherwise, it will be forbidden for use as muksa. Abai goes on to challenge Rabbah. So once again, after baking the lechem upon him erev yantiv, for yantiv that falls in erev Shabbos, the kohanim were given ten days in the maize before it was eaten. To find the shtei lechem not made for them, resting on top of the rice of muksa wood. Alright, now it's time for a four blah bach hazara. Daf mem gimel. So the simmer daf mem gimel is a magazine. So here it goes. The woman's chametz magazine. Magazine? That must mean we're on daf mem gimel. The Woman's Chametz magazine, featuring recipes of Chametz mixtures and advertisements for Chametz Nuksha cosmetics, which reminds us that based on the question who the Tana is in the mission that held, Dagen Gamro Ayyidei Tarubah said full-fledged grain in a mixture, the Nuksha Be'enei and Chametz Nuksha that's distinct, Bolav are both prohibited of a love, we learned that Rabbi Yehuda said it was Rabbi Merholds that a mixture with Chametz is more severe than a Chametz Nuksha, and the Rav Nachman who said it was Rabbi Leezer holds that a Chametz Nuksha is more severe than a mixture with Chametz. So the Woman's Chametz magazine, featuring recipes of Chametz mixtures and advertisements for Chametz Nuksha cosmetics, include an article why Chametz can't be eaten by women, which reminds us that the reason Rabbi Lezer learned that women are included in the Chametz prohibition and penalty from the word kol in the Pasuk, ki kol ochoth machmesus v'nikrasa, for anyone who eats something that has been leavened, then the soul should be cut off, and not from the Pasuk, ish o isha ki yasmi adam, when a man or woman shall commit any of the sins of man, where the Torah has equated a man to a woman for all the punishments and relevant prohibitions in the Torah, is that since the Torah juxtaposes the prohibition to eat chametz with the mitzvah to eat matzah, that only those who are required to eat matzah are prohibited from eating chametz. And since women are punished from eating matzah, since it's a mitzvah zasecha, as mangrama, a time-bound positive mitzvah, they would not be subject to the prohibition of chametz. That is why the word kol is needed. The Gemara brings a b'risa where Rebbe Lazar then teaches that now that women are included in the prohibition of chametz, they have been included in the mitzvah of matzah. So the Woman's Chametz magazine, featuring recipes of chametz mixtures and advertisements for chametz nuksha cosmetics, included an article on why chametz can't be eaten by women, nor brought on the Mizbeach. Which reminds us that when the Torah states, Soor lo sektiru mimenu Hashem, do not burn leaven as a firing offering to Hashem, we would only know it's forbidden if all of it is leaven. From where do we know that it's prohibited if the leaven is in a mixture and is indistinguishable that it's forbidden? The Torah states, Kiko. Daf Memdal. So the similar Daf Memdal is mud. So here goes. The Nazu dropped his grape-soaked piece of bread in the mud. Mud. That must be one daf memdalit. The Nazu dropped his grape-soaked piece of bread in the mud, which reminds us, Rabbi Yabo said in the Rabbi Yochanan, In the case of all forbidden substances, mention the Torah, a permitted substance does not combine with a forbidden substance to make up the minimum shear to be high for, except for Isuri Nazir, because the Torah says the word Mishras. And Rashi explained, that this word teaches that a Nazar is prohibited for eating bread that has been soaked in wine. Now, since it's obvious that if the bread contained a full kazais of wine, the bread would be forbidden, then it must be the Torah is referring to a case where the bread contains less than a kazais of wine. And the kazais shir to be high was only attained by combining the forbidden wine and permitted bread. So the Nazar who dropped his grape-soaked piece of bread in the mud, which gave it a muddy taste, which reminds us the more questions using the word mishras to teach heterometsarbal israel for a Nazar, Based on a brisa that teaches mishras liten tamke iker, the word mishras comes to make flavor equivalent to substance. That if a nazir soaked grapes in water and the water subsequently has the flavor of wine, the nazir is high for drinking this water. 
And from here we can extrapolate to all prohibitions of the Torah. And the Gemara answers that the Bryce reflects the view of the Rabbanan. But Yochan goes according to Akiva, who disagreed with the Rabbanan and uses Mishras to teach Hetem Mitzarful Isser for the Nazar. So the Nazar dropped his grape-soaked piece of bread in the mud, which gave it a muddy taste, tossed it into Nachri's pot, which completely changed the flavor. Which reminds us that the Gemara initially suggested that Rabbi Kiva's source for Tamkiker was from Basmachal, meat and milk, but the Torah prohibits the mere flavor of milk that is absorbed in the meat, but then rejects this because Basmachal has an anomaly in that if one soaks meat and milk even for an entire day, it's permitted, but if one cooks it in the milk, it's prohibited, so you can't apply it to other Yisurim. Instead, the Gemara says Rabbi Kiva learns Tamkiker from Gulay Nachrim, purging the Kilim of Nachrim, in that the emissions impart mere flavor and are forbidden. So too, with regard to other forbidden foods, flavor is forbidden, just like the substance. Daf Memhei. So the simmer Daf Memhei is Monopoly. Monopoly. So here goes. The Daf Yomi Monopoly game. Monopoly? That must mean we're on Daf Memhei. Monopoly. The Daf Yomi Monopoly game required the player with another piece to avoid landing on the grape, skins, and seed places, which reminds us, Rav Kana told Rav Ashi that we learn from the Pasuk and the Parsha of Nazar that prohibits eating anything made of the grapevine from the seeds of the skins, that that forbidden food combines with the forbidden food even when they're consumed one after the other. Whereas the forbidden and permitted foods combine only when they're eaten simultaneously. So the Dalfiomi Monopoly game required the player with the Nuzzer piece to avoid landing on the grape skins and seed places, while the player with the bagel piece raced to get enough dough to fill in the crack on the kneading bowl, which reminds us that the next mission states, Batsak Shibasidkeareva, leaven dough that's lodged in the cracks of an eating bowl. If there's a kazayas of dough in one place, chayv levar, one must dispose of it. And if there's not, batami ruto, it's null due to its smallness. And the Gemara brings two versions of what Rabbi Yudah sent in Mishmur regarding where the crack in the bowl was, whether it was in the upper part, where it's not made to hold water, or at the base where it is, and the implications in the for each version. So the Dafyomi Monopoly game required the player with another piece to avoid landing on the grape skins and seed places while the player with the bagel piece raced to get enough dough to fill in the crack on the kneading bowl before it became moldy. Which reminds us that Pasha Ibsha, a has become moldy and has become inedible to a person, but a dog is still able to eat it as it hasn't spoiled completely, is subject to tuma as food the size of a kabeza, and if it's truma, it may be burned, even though that it is tahor, together with food which is tummy on Erev Pesach. Rush explains that as long as a dog can eat it, it doesn't lose its status of food, and even Rabbi Yossi on Daf Yadad, who holds that one cannot burn tower truma with tame truma, would agree here that since it's not fit for humans, one can burn it with the tame. In the name of Rabbi Nasan, however, they said it's not subject to tuma as food. He holds that food not fit for human consumption does not become tame. Daf Membav. So the simmer Daf Membav is a cow going moo. So here goes. The don't eater and minion seeker who rented cows. Cows? That must mean we're on Daf Membav. The dough eater and minion seeker rented cows for a four-meal journey, which reminds us that four meals is the amount of distance that a dough eater must go to Tovo's customer's tummy kalim. A traveler needs to travel to find a minion and to do Nutil dime, and the amount of time for edible skins to be tanned to lose their status of food and adopting a couple tuma. Now, this is only four meal in front. Traveling in the direction with which one came only requires traveling less than a meal. So the dough eater and minion seeker who rented cows for a four-meal journey met someone along the way who couldn't figure out how to separate challah from tamay dough on Pesach. Which reminds us that there's a three-way malchukas on how to separate challah from tamay dough on Pesach. Bake, then separate, or put in cold water, or just set aside since it's no longer the owner's dough, but the collective property of the Kohanim. So the dough eater and minion seeker who rented cows for a four-meal journey met someone along the way who couldn't figure out how to separate challah from tamay dough on Pesach, and didn't know the chacham behind him could have known his designation of challah. 
which reminds that initially the Gemara says that the point of difference between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua in the mission regarding how to separate Chalav from Tamido and Pesach is whether they hold Tobas Hana Mamon. But then the Gemara says that perhaps everybody holds Tobas Hana in a Mamon. And the Machokas is if they hold of Hoyo. Rabbi Yezer holds that since he can go to a Chacham to annul his designation of Chalav, it's considered his property even now. And Rabbi Yeshua does not say Hoyo, and therefore it's not considered his property, and therefore he can keep it in his possession. All right, now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff do you learn that the reason the Lechem Apani is baked Erev Yantiv, if Yantiv is Erev Shabbos, is Shvus Krovahitiru, Shvus Rochoka Lohitiru? That's on Daf. Memzain. Good. Number two. Which stuff do you learn from the prohibition of a Nazar, not the grapes, grapes, skins, or seeds, that Isra Isra Bezet Achazet? That's on Daf. Memhei. Good. Number three. Which stuff when the Rabbi Kiva learns Tamki Iker from Gu'uli Nachrim? That's on Daf. Memdal. Good number four. Which stuff when the Pasashi Ipsha, a moldy loaf that if it's inedible to a human and is Truma and is Tahor, it can be burned with Tamay Truma even according to Rabbi Yossi? That's on Daf. Memheg. Good number five. Which stuff do we have a Malkok? about which is more Chamur? A Turovas of Chametz or Chametz Nuksha? That's on Daf. Mem Gimel. Good number six. Which stuff do you learn that the Gemara says the Malchus ben Rabbi Yezer of Yeshua regarding separating Chal from Tamido on Pesach is whether one holds of Hoyo. That's on Dav. Mem Vav. Good number seven. Which stuff do you learn that Rabban learned Tamki Iker from Mishras? That's on Dav. Mem Dal. Good number eight. Which stuff do you learn the source that women are prohibited from eating chametz? That's on Dav. Good number nine. Which stuff is it the Rabbah learns from the Heichinu Asher Yaviyu that Moksa is a Deraisa? That's on Daf. Memzayin. Good. Number ten. Which stuff do we have a three-way Malchokas on how to separate Chala from Tamei Do on Pesach? That's on Daf. Memzayin. Excellent. All right. That concludes our pop quiz. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.